0: The following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Yeah, and to think I used to be a liberal, too.
0: I didn't agree with teachers or anybody for that matter teaching my children that they didn't have the same opportunities as other children simply based on the color of their skin people are finally getting it because the mass media has not been reporting on this accurately it's only through conservative leaning and christian outlets that are actually telling the
1: truth about the body the books today that you're talking about they're just much more militant and they're targeting even younger children these kids need to hear that no one is born this way
0: our past silence, as the church in America has reaped these horrific consequences that we're living through
1: now. Yeah, and to think I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey.
0: Because with God, all things, all things,
1: all things
0: are still, still possible.
1: Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news, articles, and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to listen to our four-minute daily commentaries right here on the word Columbus, Monday through Friday at 1020 a.m., Eastern Time, and also be sure to check out all our resources for parents and grandparents who want to be watchful about the culture's influence on your kids, and you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. We hear so much today about gender confusion, so-called gender change, but what is it like to live as a person of the opposite sex and then change and reclaim your God-given gender? Our guest today has walked that path laura perry has lived for lived for nearly a decade as a transgender man named jake before realizing the deception of the transgender lifestyle and leaving it all behind embracing her true identity as a woman her transformation was chronicled in a documentary And she now shares her story of redemption at churches and conferences and on radio programs to help others find the same freedom and understand what all this is about. She works with First Stone Ministries in Oklahoma City. Welcome, Laura, to Mission America Radio. Thank you so much for having me on. Well I'm so glad to talk to you. You have been a subject of many articles I've I've read and much conversation on uh among our some of our mutual friends on email and people just celebrating um what's happened to you. So walk us through this. Uh what happened in your own life? Give us a little bit of your background about um what made you decide to reject the idea of biological womanhood and move
2: on into a transgender uh, life? Well, you know, I think it was a, a combination of a lot of things. Um, I grew up in a Christian home, and was we were at church every time the door was open, but just really void of an understanding, of, a real understanding of the gospel, of what it um, meant to have a relationship with Christ. Um, I saw a lot of religion, and, you know, my poor mother, I, it's always hard for me to talk about my mom because I as I've gotten older, I've come to understand her brokenness, and I began to see what she was suffering with. But she grew up in a very, very harshly legalistic environment and kind of carried that into the marriage. And so when I was a kid, she was um, trying, doing everything she could to be the supermom and to be doing everything everybody thought she ought to be doing at church and um, working and all that. She was so burned out and so stressed out. In fact, she started having major health problems. Um, And just was, she said she used to feel like she was on this performance treadmill for God and like Mm -hmm. it was never enough. And so as I began, uh, you know, as a kid, I was hyper. I had a ton of energy. I was born a little bit later in her life after two miscarriages. She'd miscarried two boys between my older brother and I. Um, You know, so a lot of times she was just so stressed out and just didn't have the time and the energy. And so she pushed me away a lot. It was like, go away, get off of me, leave me alone, go to your room. Um and it just felt a lot of rejection from her and but she had a very different relationship with my older brother who was very quiet, very obedient. Um and I really began over identifying with my dad. I was told constantly that you you act just like your dad, you have the same personality, you look just like your dad, you are just two peas in a pod, you know. And so really being pushed toward him, he was the one that went to all my soccer games, all the things. So my dad was heavily, heavily involved in my life and I had very little interaction with my mom. And i didn't really i began to believe this lie that my mom didn't love me i i didn't understand all the things she was doing for me but um so i really began to reject and I, I really had no relationship with my sister at all so i really began to be very jealous of my brother i wanted to be a boy like my dad and my brother and um but the more that i did that the more that i began to feel like i wasn't one of the girls so like at school The girls began to, what I perceived as rejection, but I think a lot of it was just my own discomfort, just not knowing how to fit in, not knowing how to act like a girl. So I wasn't spending my time with girls really at all in my formative years. uh, Then I I was molested at eight. Um, I, I was dressing in my, and that just caused a lot of sexual confusion. I was dressing in my brother's clothes. I was playing with his toys. I was writing stories about being a boy. I was playing video games with male characters and this was very pervasive in my childhood, but no one realized the depths of what was going on. It was called tomboy. Um, you know, but it was, there was something so much deeper that was going on. Um, but I'd never heard the word transgender society was very different back then. This was in the nineties. And, um, when I got into high school, I was really, really just so broken. I began to, I was trying to find love in all the wrong places. I was trying to fill that void in me. And, um, I was beginning to just give men anything they wanted, trying to to get a man to love me. Um, and so I would just give away whatever they wanted sexually, and was getting dumped and rejected over and over and over. So all of that was not was not bringing me the love that I thought it would. Um, wow. And I began to I began to be filled with a lot of anger and bitterness. I was angry and bitter at my mom. And the Lord has really shown me this connection between bitterness and unforgiveness and sexual sin and defilement and ultimately turning away from the Lord. There are several passages on this in Hebrews 12, 15 and 16, um, as well as a, a parable where Jesus talked about the unforgiving servant who was forgiven this great debt but then wouldn't forgive this small debt that somebody owed him. And at the end of that, Jesus says, turn him over to the tormentors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I see this connection over and over in these young people where there, a lot of times there's unforgiveness about things that have happened. There's bitterness, there's anger, um, there's feelings of rejection and they hold on to these things and then they keep it all inside and it stirs and it festers, and eventually start hating themselves, start rejecting who they are. And they want to create themselves into somebody that, um, that somebody that people will love. Yeah, that's right. You know?
1: Yeah. So tell us more about your, yeah so you went on as a teenager i didn't mean mm-hmm. to interrupt you but um no, no, this carried over into your 20s and you your parents eventually sent you to a group home in montana is that right
2: yeah i was uh 17 i was almost 18 it was just before my 18th birthday and they were trying so hard to fix me and uh, but it really just made me more angry and bitter there was a time where i had uh, i had said that i committed my life to jesus and i did as much as i understood at that time but I still didn't understand the gospel. Really, um, I knew what I had been taught as a kid. I knew what it was like to to work for God, um, but I didn't. I really did not have a humble, repentant heart. I was so filled with pride. Um, eventually, went to YWAM, which is a youth mission organization, uh, but I really didn't know the Lord personally, and uh, was. After, um, when I went to college, I got deep into sexual sin again, got deep into pornography. Eventually, I was so broken, and I was trying so hard to, again, to get men to love me. I fell back into that same pattern, and I began having um, random encounters all over the state with, with men that I didn't know, and just becoming more and more broken. And I kept thinking that the reason that these men never loved me, you know, it was the reason this never works out is because I was supposed to be the man. That's the reason this never worked.
1: Like mm-hmm. if I was the
2: man, I know how to treat a woman. I know how I wanted to be treated. And I think that um, I see this so much in this way of like, you know, if you can't get what you want from somebody else, it's like I can become that and then mm-hmm. um, fulfill those desires. And so, so that really began to um, feed this fantasy. And I was just seeing it even more through pornography and dreaming about it, thinking about it all the time. So when I was 25, I finally was desperate. I'd never heard of transgenderism other than, like, I've heard of drag queens at that point, but really had not heard of people actually transitioning. But I began to look it up on Google. I found a support group in my city, and I went to the uh, next meeting, and within five minutes, they were like, oh, you are definitely transgender. It's like, I knew it. And then once I embraced that, it's like my whole life made sense. It's like I've had these feelings my whole life. This makes sense. This is who I am. And once I embraced that, I wasn't willing to listen to anybody. I was like, no, you better get on board with me or get out of my way because this is who I am. And um, so I began almost immediately. I went to a a therapist and had them – she diagnosed me with gender identity disorder. You know, But the interesting thing was she – I was only there because to get this diagnosis. I had no interest in the counseling. I didn't think anything was wrong mentally. It was the body that needed fixed. And at one point she put down her notebook, she looked right in my eyes, and she said, wow, you really have issues with your mom. And I was stunned. I thought, how did we get here? How did we get from me talking about being a man to talking about my mother? Mm -hmm. And uh, I was angry. I said, I'm not here to talk about my mom. And she said, so you're just here for this diagnosis? I said, yes, that's all I'm here for. And she said, okay. And she gave me what I wanted, even though she probably knew, I think, that um, I had deep issues that we needed to resolve yeah. And I think well, that's the problem with so much of
1: this counseling. Right, right. And you, yeah, the shallowness of counseling. In case people are just joining us, we are talking here on Mission America Radio with Laura Perry. Laura Perry Smaltz now is your married yes. name, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is talking about her transition to living as a man and then back to living as a woman in Christ. So uh, the wonderful transformation of the Lord began to take place for you when then? So you're living, and your parents, of course, they probably did not accept this right away, right, right. in your 20s?
2: Yeah, I was 25, and they, they tried and tried to talk to me, but I just would not listen, and um, they didn't know what to do. Ultimately, they realized that they they couldn't change me, they couldn't fix me, and really began to surrender me into the Lord's hands. They didn't give up, but just began to pray and kind of took their hands off to quit trying to fix me, um, and I was just like the prodigal son outliving this of life, you know. Um, but as I began to take the hormones and things began to change, and at first it was, I was on cloud nine. I thought, this is everything I've ever wanted. Um, I eventually had a double mastectomy, I had a hysterectomy and an oophorectomy, I had the ovaries, and, it, and it, it all seemed real at first. And it was wonderful. You know, it seemed to solve all my problems, but I began to realize that this wasn't real. I began to realize that it hadn't fixed the deeper issues. I still didn't like myself. Um, you know, and there was still, it didn't take away all the um, being molested or it didn't take away the abuse I'd suffered from other men. And so it um, it just was leaving me sort of disillusioned. I, I began to realize that no matter what I did to my body, I wasn't actually becoming a man. I was, I was getting in the appearance of a man. Everybody else thought I was a man because by that time I was really passing. I had a pretty full beard at one point, um, fully perceived as male. I had a job where I was only known as male, and yet I knew the truth, and it began to haunt me. Every day I was reminded of the truth of who I was, and I was having dreams and just all kinds of reasons that I was reminded. In fact, eventually I couldn't have... It was so hard to have conversations with like somebody that I would just met for the first time. I was always thinking... Do they know? Do they believe I'm a man?
1: Mm-hmm. And then
2: even in my interactions at work, I would think, is that a way a man would have said that? You know, it just began to, I began to be very, very paranoid um, because it was like the affirmation was never enough to override the truth that I knew about right. myself.
1: Right. Right. Wow. And so uh, we only have a couple of minutes before we have to take a break. When Were you still going to church during this time? Do you have, do you have any no. Christian involvement?
2: No, I, I didn't want anything to do with God. I didn't want anything to do with Christ um, or Christians. But God was drawing my heart the whole time. There were so many ways he encountered me. And I just, I look back, I know my parents were praying. I had so many dreams, things I'd hear over the radio. In fact, God gave me a great love for, out of all things, and it's a bit of a longer story, but um, I had this, um, I became obsessed with conservative talk radio. And I would, I would just uh, hear things about God once in a while. And he began to draw my heart over the years, and eventually, um, my my mom, as she began, she asked me to make a website for her Bible study. And as I began to read the lessons, I began to talk to my mom for the first time in years. We really began to have conversations, and my mom had been so transformed over the years by the power of the Holy Spirit as she really surrendered to the Lord into the Holy Spirit for the first time and it wasn't just her working for God but now it was him working in her
1: and the
2: transformation in her was undeniable and it's ultimately what brought me to Jesus and I gave my I gave my life to Christ Um, really the result of many things that God used but that was a huge influence
1: Wow, wow that is just so amazing Uh, and that if nothing else this is a huge many reasons to talk to you today but a huge encouragement to parents Praying for wayward children for years and years. We're talking with Laura Perry Smaltz, who lived a life as a man, a man named Jake for many years, but eventually came back. And she's going to tell us more about her journey back to the womanhood that as God has created uh, us as male and female. We will continue here on Mission America Radio. This is Linda Harvey. We will be right back following these messages. Don't go away.
0: Today's program is pre-recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda.
1: We're talking today with Laura Perry-Smaltz, who lived for nearly a decade as a transgender man named Jake, but she is now Laura again. Uh, Laura, continue your story about how your heart changed toward your mother and you watched her transformation. So just continue on from there.
2: Yeah, I had this incredible encounter with the Lord, and um, I... I was so amazed that God wasn't done with me yet, that he wanted to say that he still wanted me. And I just really gave my heart to Jesus. I was so radically on fire, but I wanted to be a man of God. And I didn't oh. know that God was not through with me yet. I didn't understand all these things, but God began to draw me out. And, um, over time, over about a year and a half, as he built my faith, because a lot of people don't realize how hard this was. I, the last couple of months, I was so convicted and i i knew god was asking me to leave it but i just couldn't it was so painful to think about being a woman and i began to beg the lord with all my heart to just let me die because i didn't see a way out and um but, but god was so faithful and he i knew he wanted me to leave the lifestyle eventually i did because i just i just wanted jesus more than i wanted my next breath and i really surrendered everything to him and i honestly thought i was going to be miserable the rest of my life um, but I knew, okay, at least it would be okay in heaven. I knew I'd no longer have a sin nature. Uh, you know, I knew it would be okay for eternity, but I just expected this miserable life. I've been blown away at how God has absolutely redeemed and transformed me as he's, like, peeled away the layers of the onion. You know, and as, a, and as, a, as he brought healing, as I... um began to forgive my mom as I began to forgive the the other girls that had hurt me as I began to forgive the men that had hurt me as i um, as I found healing for so many of these things God began to peel away the lies and the layers of it was like i had built this masculine layer to protect what was so hurt and wounded inside and as all that began to fade away I began to love and embrace being a girl more and more and eventually I, I knew that God had a husband for me and I began to pray about this husband and i I was willing to stay single if that's what God wanted. But I said, God, if you want me, if I can serve you better married, then I pray for a husband. And he brought this incredible man into my life. Honestly, <laughs> so far exceeded my expectations. I expected God to bring some man that I was just going to have to learn to love. And because like with all my sexual past, I thought there's no way God is going to bring this amazing man. I don't deserve that. Um, oh, and wow. But God has brought a man. I have never, people that meet us, Say it is so evident how much this man loves me. He's so Christ-like, um, and his name is Perry, which is my maiden name. So that was so funny. His name is Perry Smaltz. Um, so wow. we were married um, uh, May fourteenth.
1: Oh, that is fantastic! Oh, what a great, a great uh, story that is. Um, you know, I want to get your reaction to something because you have such a personal uh, encounter with us. We have a bill here in uh, the uh, Ohio State House. House Bill 454, and our listeners will remember that I've talked about this before. It's gone through hearings, and it's uh, will be seeing more action in the fall, we hope. But it's a bill to ban medical treatments regarding gender for minor children. It's more complicated than that, but it's, that's basically the essence of it. And I think only one or two other states have passed a bill like this, so it's just getting its hearings. What are your thoughts about a bill like that?
2: I think it's a great bill. It's something that um, that I have supported. And, um, you know, I think that children are not capable of making this decision. When we know that the, the human brain is not fully developed until age 25, um, children are just not emotionally ready to make these decisions. They have no idea um, what it means to be sterile the rest of their life um, or to make these changes. And, and on top of that, there were, um, there were studies that were done years ago. I don't remember when, but it showed that 85, around 85 to 90% of children that had gender dysphoria would grow out of it Yes, after yes. puberty. And, but now we're seeing almost the exact opposite. If they're socially transitioned and starting on puberty blockers, almost 100% have wanted to medically transition. Right. They go and right so, into it. Right, and yeah. so puberty—they're wanting to block puberty, which is the very thing that was helping these kids. And it, it's, it's a tragedy that we're allowing these kids to do this. If, if they still want to do it as adults, you know, um, it's, it's something I never recommend to anybody. I, I wish that everybody could see the truth. I mean, it was a living hell I went through to try to live at the as the opposite sex was a daily. Um, Just internal war with myself and just a constant reminder that what I wanted more than anything in this world was never going to be real. And it haunted me. I I hope everybody hears the truth of that. But um, at the very least, we've got to stop um, allowing minors to do this because they have no idea what they're doing.
1: Well, the, the depression and suicide rate among transgenders is very high even after transition. Isn't that true? Right.
2: Yes, absolutely, and I don't know the exact figures on that, but I know that some that I have seen. Now, this was a, an official, uh, an unofficial document released from the the Tavistock Clinic, which was the major clinic in um, in England, and it showed that their the rates were about the same. The treatments were not doing anything, right. and we've seen um, there was another study out of Sweden that showed very high suicide rates after full transition and um, gender reassignment surgeries yeah what what advice
1: would you give to parents when they see uh their child going through this or a, a loved one going through this?
2: Uh, I think first of all we as parents and as the church need to be proactive about um not only just telling kids this is how God created you but teaching them um about how they are like their same sex um the same sex parent really needs to to involve that child and um sort of grow that um, familiarity or that similarity, even if the child is more like the opposite sex, they don't understand how much confusion that brings in to keep telling them they're like the opposite sex parent. They really need a close connection with the same sex parent. If that's not available, find somebody in the church. Um, you know, like, uh, for a boy maybe that doesn't have his father, find good men in the church that are willing to, um, mentor these young men. In fact, I, I would love to see the church, um, have these mentor programs available, um, yes. for kids that, that don't have, um, especially a father yes um, but also lots of questions a lot of these kids don't understand what they're talking about lots of questions ask kids mm-hmm. what they mean ask you know if, if a kid says you know a girl says um I, i'm johnny or whatever you know well why don't you like being jessica what's wrong mm-hmm. with jessica you know right, ask right. questions about why they're um believing this and yeah. just good conversations well, Laura Perry-Smaltz,
1: Laura, we just ask, ask my listeners to pray for you. Give us your websites. You work with First yep. Stone Ministries in uh, Oklahoma City, which are which is a great ministry. Go ahead. Give us a, your websites.
2: It is firststone.org, and that's spelled out, not the number. So it's F-I-R-S-T, stone.org. And you can also go to my blog at transgender2transformed.com. Well, so thank you, Laura. Blog, you can find that there as well.
1: Thank you so much for what you're doing. Yeah, you have a, a lot of a lot of a presence out on the web. People can find a lot about out about your your story. God bless you, and just keep doing what you're doing. And uh, I ask my listeners to pray for you, and for everyone, uh, folks that are that is struggling with this, and people that are worried about how you confront and what you deal with in your family, just remember that with God, all things, all things are still possible. Have a great day.